Welcome to Fire and Soul. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, former TV retail host turned digital CEO of a seven-figure coaching and training business. Fire and Soul is a weekly dose of personal and professional principles to help you take inspired action from an awakened soul for epically aligned results. I share real talks with global game changers, thought leaders, and high-performance experts in this unfiltered and transformational podcast. I believe the universe rewards the brave and that I'm here to awaken you to your infinite potential with less hustle, grit and grind, more ease, grace, and flow. You ready? Let's get started. Well, hey there, gorgeous soul. I'm Michelle. Welcome back or welcome to Fire and Soul. I'm so grateful that you're here. If you're new, this will make sense. If you've been around a while, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so honored by your listening. I wanted to just echo on something that I've shared on the last couple of episodes about where this show is currently and where we're headed. We'll continue to have very candid, very deep, very real and filter-free conversations on the show. The difference is, is that going forward, at least for the foreseeable future, I want to talk about spiritual entrepreneurship, helping you follow the nudge, the calling that has been speaking to you in a whisper or a loud bang and turning your passions and your spiritual gifts into profits, helping you learn how to monetize that, right? And really making the impact of your dreams and doing it from such a soul aligned place. So these conversations that I'm having, all of my guests are spiritual entrepreneurs. And this takes me back to my roots of being raised on a steady diet of spiritual and self-development. Way back in the day, you know, my mom introduced me to all of the leaders that we now know, love and revere from the 80s, right? Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, Les Brown, Byron Katie, Jack Canfield, Marcy Shimov, who is my guest today. And uh, what they all have in common that we don't see as much of in today's digital world is this servant leadership that is anchored in spirituality, in this awakening. And I want to take us to that place because it's where the wisdom resides. And when we can wake up to the gifts that are calling us forward into inspired action, I believe that we get anointed by the universe universe in that grace, right? Ease and grace only, no hustle, grit and grind. We don't believe in that here. And we flow into our infinite potential. We flow into learning how to make that impact on our heart for not only success, but yes, more importantly, deep soul fulfillment. So that's where this show is. And that's where we are headed more and more. And speaking of, even if you're like, I don't even know where this would go or what it would be all about. I have a really special free masterclass coming up that I want to share with you. And you can still sign up. There's time. There's three one hour slots that you can join us. You can get that sign up link to join the five keys to grow your online biz and make bank with live video sales. Now, listen, you're my podcast community. So you know that sometimes we will lead with a certain title to reach the people that want that title. But then when they get into your programs, you're like, oh, that's what's really going on here, which is like this full on epic transformation. That's what I live for. It's what I teach. And it's what I'm known for. I get students results because we transmute all the shit in the way that allows us to step into that potential that's waiting for us, right? It's inevitable. So yes, the title, 
the five keys, how to grow your online business and make bank with live video sales may not sound spiritual, but all business growth and especially starting the hardest part is starting because we never think we're ready. But my friends, you and I both know ready is a lie, right? So this is what I help to cultivate is for you to, to start and move into that inspired action. And then I give you what you want, right? It's a complete epic journey. So if you'd like to uh, sign up for that, you can do it at michelle-sorrow.com slash masterclass. Again, that's michelle-sorrow.com slash masterclass. And there's also a link in the show notes. Anyway, my friends, I'm very excited to bring you our guest today fellow spiritual entrepreneur, someone I've looked up to for decades. I'm really honored to have her on. So please enjoy and please share. If you got any value at all, let us know on social, little Instagram story, tag me there and let me know anything that stood out. Okay. Love you. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Fire and Soul. I told you I have a treat for you and oh my gosh, I'm so honored to get to have this conversation with Marcy Shymoff. I know many of you know who she is, but let me just rattle off this incredible bio that basically uh, takes my breath away. She's a number one New York Times bestselling author, a world-renowned transformational teacher, and an expert on happiness, success, and unconditional love. Marcy's books include the runaway bestsellers, Happy for No Reason, Love for No Reason, and six titles in the phenomenally successful Chicken Soup for the Woman's Soul series. Her books have sold more than 16 million copies worldwide in 33 languages, have topped all of the major bestseller lists, and have been on the New York Times bestseller list for a total of 121 weeks. Marcy is one of the best-selling female nonfiction authors of all time. Whoa, there's more. Marcy is also the host of the national PBS television special called Happy for No Reason. She's a featured teacher in The Secret and is the narrator for the award-winning film Happy. Are you getting happier just listening to this? There's a little bit more. Marcy currently co-leads a worldwide program called Your Year of Miracles with thousands of participants from 72 countries for living a life of miracles. She's inspired millions of people around the world and is dedicated to helping people live more miraculous, empowered, and joy-filled lives. Please join me in welcoming Ms. Marzi to the show. I'm so honored to have you on today, Marcy. Well, Michelle, I am thrilled to get to be here with you. We've We've only gotten to talk a few times, but I already feel like you are a soul sister and, and oh. what you're up to is so awesome. So we're oh. going to have a great time here together. It's like, you know, when the teacher is ready, the student appears, or when the soul sister is ready, the other soul sister appears. I don't know. It's probably the same metaphor, but I feel like this was such a divine connection. And do you mind if I share a quick backstory on how it can Please. be? Okay. So y'all know I'm obsessed with Jack Canfield, my ultimate mentor and dear friend and been a guest on the show. And we collaborate on many, many business programs for our spiritual entrepreneurs and his business partner and longtime president, Miss Patty Aubrey, who's a dear friend to me, said to Marcy, you have to meet Michelle Sorrow. And I was like, she did? Anyway, so it was like this beautiful text thread that felt like Christmas morning when I saw this and I was just so honored. 
And yet at the same time, you know how it goes, not surprised. And I was just like, you know what? Let's just see how we can serve one another. So we hopped on the phone. You speak and think as fast as I do. Thank you. God bless you. And I was just like, this woman is on a mission and there you're not slowing down. You're just getting started. And I said to her, you guys at the top of this, this recording, before we hit record, I'm like, what's lighting you up most right now? And she's like, huh happiness and miracles. I'm like, do you want to talk about that? It's what you've been talking about for 30 something years. She's like all day. Yes. So I'm so excited, right? Because sometimes people have had that. It's like, they don't want to do it anymore. And I'm like, Hmm, versus others like you, the real deal. No, it never goes away because it's your legacy. It's what you're born to teach. It is. This feels like what I came to the planet for was to do this. And of course, there's that saying, your mess becomes your message. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I came here because I don't know how much of the backstory you know, Michelle, but uh, may I just take a little bit to Girl, it's share your it? floor. You own it. I want to share this because I think a lot of people often think, okay, you teach happiness. You must have always been happy. And I say, well, absolutely not. You know, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. I was born depressed. I, oh. I came out of the womb with existential angst and I had all the right things to be happy. I had a great family. I had a, you know, nice childhood, all of that stuff. But I felt like I was this kid with a dark cloud around me. I don't know why. I just wasn't happy. And so in my unhappiness, I found my trick to getting happy. It was called sugar. (laughs) But it only lasted a little (laughs) bit. That was the problem. I kept having to eat more and more of the sugar. And by the time I was in high school, I I was tubby. And Mm -hmm. that didn't help matters. And I figured, so Michelle, what I did is when I was in my 20s, I set five goals for myself. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's it. Once I get those goals, then I'll be happy. You know, this is what most people do. They set Mm -hmm. goals. They go, okay, I'm going to get those goals. I'll be happy. And I'll tell you what mine were, because I'm sure you probably have some similar ones. And we'll see if you had any of these. Okay. Here were my five goals. I wanted to have a successful career helping people, Mm -hmm. a fabulous husband or life partner, wonderful friends, comfortable home. Mm -hmm. And the fifth was the equivalent of Halle Berry's body. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So I got four out of the five. I don't have Halle Berry's body. And I just kept working really hard and working really hard and and getting these things. And I'd be happy for a while, but it would go away. It just didn't Mm. last. And I thought this, Mm. boy, this is a lot of work for not a lot of reward. So I just dove head on into happiness to really find out how to get there. And the good news is I'd say I went from a a D plus in happiness to an A. I mean, I'm I'm a work in progress, but it really did work. And I'll just tell one more little piece of this. I had a turning point moment. It Mm. was in 1998. Mm-hmm. I had three books at the same time on the top five on the New York Times bestseller oh list. All those other things on my little list were working. And I, I had just finished autographing a line of autographing. They counted up the number of books. It was 5,432 books that I had signed. I felt like an author rock star, like huge lines, you know? Yes, yes. And I remember after signing that last book, when I should have been on top of the world, I went mm-hmm. up to my hotel room which was the penthouse suite that my client had gotten for me. And I walked over to these huge windows overlooking Lake Michigan. It was Mm. in Chicago. And I took in that view and I turned around and I fell onto the bed and burst into tears and went, I I can't, I I still feel that emptiness inside that I felt always throughout my life. And I can't, you know, kind of the, the game is up. I can't, Mm 
continue to think that just that next thing is going to make me happy. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's a myth. It doesn't work. And it's such a tempting myth, you know, oh, just that next thing, <laughs> but it just doesn't work. And so that's when I really dove head on into research. It's that dangling carrot. That's just sort of, you know, it's got this uh, fine line. It just keeps moving. Right. And it's like, when I get that, okay, I got that. Well, when I get that, you know, we talk about a concept on this show a lot around there's the science of success and then there's the art of fulfillment. And so we talk a lot about that fulfillment, which is just being so grateful for all that we have. However, I'm very curious because I haven't been a student of your happy for no reason work. So when you did dive into that poignant, life-changing moment in uh, Chicago, what did you first discover that could connect you to a sustainable sense of a joy-filled life? Well, the first thing I realized, which was such a relief to me, <laughs> is that, and it's, it's a piece of research on happiness, and it's that we all have a happiness set point. And it's a thermostat setting. Yep. And no matter what happens to us, whether it's good or bad, we're going to hover around that thermostat setting unless we do something consciously to change it. You know, that explains why yeah. people who win the lottery, you know, you yes. think, oh, all I have to do is win the lottery and I'll be happier. You will be. Yeah. A few months. But within a year, people return to their original happiness set point, whether it's something fabulous or something tragic. Your happiness set point is the key to it all. It's what you carry around with you. That makes so much sense, especially when you think about like Olympian gold medalist or Oscar winning artists, right? Producers, actors, writers. It's like a lot of them slump into a deep depression and or suicide when it looks like they had it all. And you can really think about even recent times, right? Anthony Bourdain, Robin Williams, Kate Spade, anyone from the outside be like, but you have it all. But they have not been able to work on that preset happiness thermostat number, right? That, that is, deeply conscious work. That is so it. It's, it's funny. I'm not funny, but it's interesting that you would mention Kate Spade mm. a couple of years before she died. I was given as a gift, a bag that I carry, I go to the beach with all the time. And across it, it said happy. Wow. And the reality is, is that wow. if, if fame and money and beauty and all that juicy stuff were the key to happiness, we'd have a lot more happy people in Hollywood and we don't. Yeah. So it's very, very important to recognize that if you're not happy, it's because you have a low happiness set point. Now, Marcy, have you been able to figure out or through research and multiple conversations, why do we come in with a preset point? Yeah. That so doesn't seem here, fair. Here's how the set point is determined. Okay. It's 50% genetic. Okay. So you're born with that. And I did not have the happy genes. My dad was happy. My mom wasn't. I got more of my mom's unhappy genes. But that's only 50%, the DNA. Then it's 10% your circumstances and only 10%. Right. That's well, that amazing. explains why running around trying to get all these things isn't going to do it. Yep. You know, and yeah. then here's the key. The other 40% mm -hmm. is our habits, oh, our habits of, of thoughts and behavior. And hallelujah, because that's what we can do something about to change our happiness at that point. But I want to take it one step further and say that 50% that's genetic you think that can't be changed, right? Well, scientists in the field of epigenetics, like Dr. Bruce Lipton, who wrote yes. The Biology of Belief, yeah. 
they are finding that even the genes can change when we change our habits, which says 90% of your set point can be changed by changing your habits. Hallelujah. So we are in control of our happiness barometer, right? right. How happy do you want to be would be my question, right? Truly, do you want to live empowered and joyful or do you want to live in an old story that you're unconscious to maybe this isn't the way I am. It's the way my parents were and my grandparents were. This is amazing. So as you started to wake up to that, how did that begin to change your life or what's next in your journey of of this beautiful awakening? By the way, I think this should be headline news. Me too. I I mean, science has cracked the happiness code. We know what it takes. This should be taught in schools. I know. You know, it's kind of an important topic, I think. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't sell. Fear and guilt sells. So there is that. But this is why we get out there and we create beautiful conscious communities. And it's a ripple effect, right? One small show, but a big community. They're sharing it with one another. Our worlds become an ecosystem for happiness growth. Yes. This is why we're connecting. Yeah. So we're the headline girlfriend. You are the headline right now. Well, here's what I found and what I did. I started interviewing the experts on happiness. And I also interviewed what I called my, the unconditionally happy people. Mm. I called them my happy hundred because I interviewed a hundred of them. Mm. And they were people from all walks of life and all different life circumstances who had unconditional happiness. And what Mm. I mean by happy for no reason or unconditional happiness is an inner state of peace and well-being that doesn't Mm. depend on your circumstances. It doesn't mean that you're walking around 24-7 with a silly grin on your face. It doesn't mean that you're in a Pollyanna state of denial. Or bypassing, exactly. Bypassing. It doesn't mean spiritual bypass. It means that stuff happens and you feel sad and you feel angry and you feel this and you feel that. But behind that, you've got a backdrop of peace and well-being that you know, okay, that happened, but that's not me. And Mm. you're more resilient. You bounce back Mm. because you recognize that you've got this inner state of peace and well-being. So what I found is that there were 21 happiness habits that anyone could practice to raise their happiness set point. And this was after interviewing the hundred and seeing the common thread. That's right. And there was just no denying this existed within the unconditionally happy people. Okay. It it did. And I found that they fell into seven main areas Mm -hmm. and I created an analogy I call it building your inner home for happiness because it's easier for people to remember in a metaphor Mm -hmm. analogy. And there are these seven main areas that these happiness habits fell into. And just for fun, I would love to share what they are. Are you kidding? I'm waiting with bated breath. Okay. Well, here's your your assignment as you're listening, Michelle, and everybody else who's listening. Okay. What I want you to do is I want you to see where are you the weakest? because that's your Achilles heel. You don't get happier than your weakest area. Smart. Cause we want ego wants to take us to, Oh, I'm good there. That's I'm right. good there. And then we bypass where we need to look at that section of our life. Okay. Bring it and on. that's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. Yes. Work. Are we so, in a okay. mini masterclass right now? <laughs> this is a full on masterclass guys. You're getting this for free. Fire All right. Soul. All right. Miss Marcy. <laughs> so a house has seven main areas. It's got a foundation. It's mm-hmm. got four corner pillars. It's got a roof and it's got a garden. And here's how this relates to these seven main areas of which you're going to find, which is your weakest. So the first is the foundation and the mm-hmm. foundation is taking responsibility for your life. Now yes. you like, yes. me. we're big fans of Jack Canfield. Jack has been my mentor since I was, I think, 20 something in my 20 somethings. Mm. 
many years. And his first step for success is, of course, taking responsibility for your life. And in this way, taking responsibility for your happiness means that you're not waiting for something outside you to change in order to be happier. You're so not good. saying, you know, I'll be happier when I get married or when I get divorced or when I make a million dollars or whatever that is. Yes. And, and you know that you are weak in this area if you find yourself blaming, shaming, or complaining. Mm, so good. Great clues. All right. So that's the foundation. Okay. Then the four corner pillars are the pillar of the mind, the pillar of the heart, the pillar of the body, and the pillar of the soul. Mm. The pillar of the mind has everything to do with our thoughts. Are yes. your thoughts robbing you of happiness? Mm. The pillar of the heart has to do with, are you living with an open heart? I have never seen mm. a deeply happy person who had a closed heart. Right. If you think about the people around you who are happy, they're probably generous, yeah. kind, loving, more easy to forgive. Mm. You know, those are the qualities of open-heartedness. Yes, I love that. Then there's the pillar of the body. The body has to do with our biology, our neurochemistry. Do you have the chemicals, the neurochemicals of happiness, endorphins mm. and serotonin and oxytocin and dopamine? This, by the way, was my weakest link in the whole puzzle. I did not have the right biochemistry for happiness. Mm. And then there's the pillar of the soul. Do you feel deeply connected to source, whatever mm. you call that, whether it's God or the divine or nature or creative intelligence, it doesn't matter. Do you feel a deeper connection to the greater energy in life? Mm. So those are the four corner pillars. <laughs> then there's the roof. The roof is our purpose or passion in life. Are mm. you living an inspired life? Are you on the planet doing what you were uniquely put here on this planet mm. to be doing? That's exactly what our listeners want. Keep talking. Okay. And then finally, mm. there's the garden. Mm. And the garden is who you're surrounded by. Oh, Are you surrounded by a lot of weeds? Yep. Some toxic people, perhaps? Or are you surrounded by the roses and the gardenias of the world, the, the mm. people who are supporting you in living a happier and more fulfilled and miraculous life? That piece is so powerful. I feel like it should be the front runner headline, right? Your network is your net worth. We've heard it, right? You're the average of the five people that you hang around with. Like, this is so important. And yet somehow we think, ah, but it doesn't matter if I stay married to that person or stay best friends with that person, right? Or spend that time with that person. And yet it's draining and our vibe goes down and it just can make such a massive impact. Okay. So is that the seven? So those are the seven. So okay. let me repeat them so everybody okay. can find out what that we're identify there. And I'm going to share mine with you all. So, so get ready to responsibility, taking responsibility for your happiness is the foundation. Yes. The mind, the heart, the body, the soul, purpose and passion, and your relationships. So good. I love this analogy. It's so easy to follow, by the way. This is why you're you. So as you shared, I was honest and I was like, okay, 100% responsibility. I got that one too much, which is so liberating, by the way. The garden, I, I took out the weeds and the unhealthy boundary lists, you know, <laughs> friends from my life years ago, and then had a second and third round because that's what happens, right? The more that we wake up, the more that we realize what's really in alignment or not. And that's beautiful conscious work. It doesn't mean we're bad people. It's just that we're on a path of growth. Sometimes it doesn't align. 
I don't have to agree. I'm in one of the four pillars and it's for me, it's the physical body. I don't know the reason why, especially, and this is what I'm excited to talk to you about, is how do we continue to amplify our unconditional joy during this crazy time of the pandemic coming out of, you know, the lockdown? Some of us might've put on a good 15 pounds, which is just an excuse. I love what Jack says. You can't take it off or you won't. I'm like, Jack, you're right. You know what I mean? Damn you. Um, right. Because he got healthier and more vibrant than ever during this past year. Yeah. And I let it be one big permission slip to enjoy because I wasn't being seen and I wasn't on TV and all these things. And I'm just like, wow, but my physical body is feeling the toll of that. So it impacts every other part of my natural joy. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. One little, one little tiny thing out of alignment. And it's like a virus on your computer. It can cancel everything. It can. And, you know, I have to be careful about this. And I'll tell you why. There are people who are dealing with physical challenges, you know, perhaps a disease or another kind of a physical challenge. And I have seen people, even with physical challenges that are pretty extreme, be deeply happy. So it's important to work on the biochemistry of happiness for sure. But it's also not an excuse if you're in a period of, you know, my dad was just a happy camper his whole life and he lived to 91. And yeah. even at the end and he, his mind was kind of going and his body was, was not as healthy and strong, but that happiness was there anyway. So mm-hmm. it's, it's ironic because what we have to do, it's a little bit of a, what we need to do is we need to be happy anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also work on the physical side of things. You know, I'm the same with you. I'm with you. It's when, when my body starts feeling, when I start kind of not exercising or, or taking not as good care of my body, my happiness, that's the weak link. So I immediately, the, uh, I'll tell you three secrets for that. Can I tell you three secrets? Yes. Okay. I'm taking this on for real. All right. Number one, serotonin. Serotonin is the biggie. It's why we crave sugar when we're low on serotonin. Mm. And I'm going to tell you an exercise. It's not an exercise. It's actually a little meditation that I learned from a Chinit Song master. It's a, a form of Eastern medicine. His name is Gilles Marin. And he taught me this. He said, if you do this every day for a week, a couple times a day for a mm. week, you will completely change your serotonin. Bring it on. Okay, here we go. Mm. It's called a sunning meditation sun as in the big sky. And what you do is you go out in the sun and I'll tell you in a minute what you can do if there's no sun, Uh, but you go out in the sun, you close your eyes. Most important, you close your eyes with your closed eyes, looking up towards the sun. You, you allow the sun's energy to come in through your closed Mm. eyelids into the center of your brain. It's the pineal gland. Yes. Yes. And it stimulates your pineal gland. You do it for about two minutes, two, three Mm. minutes. Mm. And it actually soaks in your whole, the whole hormone system. I actually imagine it hitting my pineal and going down to my thyroid, my thymus, and, but it doesn't matter. You just let it soak into your body Mm. and you take in that sun. And he said, do it twice a day for a week and you will shift your serotonin. And here's, what's great about shifting your serotonin. When you shift your serotonin, it also shifts your melatonin. Mm. Melatonin is what we need to sleep well. So when we're happier, when we have more serotonin, we sleep better. And the opposite is also true. When we sleep better and we have more melatonin, we have more serotonin. So in a minute, I'm going to tell you also what to do for your melatonin, for your sleep. 
So let me answer this about the sun because everybody says, well, I don't live where there's sun. If there are even clouds, but there's a little sun coming through, that's okay. There's enough of the beams to let it through. But Mm -hmm. if you can't even go outside for any reason, you can look at nature. Mm. Nature will also produce serotonin. So look outside at some trees. If there are no trees outside, look inside at some flowers. Yes. Look just at nature. Yes. It, it is a powerful serotonin creator. This is why people feel so good when they go out in nature. One of the reasons. Well, I have stories that could literally validate everything you just shared, but I didn't necessarily know why I was doing it being at my favorite rose garden here in Santa Monica, overlooking the Pacific. It's just magical. Roses are the highest vibration of any flower botanical anyway. But like I'll sit in my little lawn chair right next to the rose garden, overlooking the ocean, the sun on my face. I take off my sunglasses and I close my eyes. And I mean, I am so freaking blissed out. It's like I've just had like a Vipassana 10-day silent meditation journey, just like feeling really connected, but I never really knew the science behind it. So thank you for sharing that because it's just what I naturally go to. And then I'll take off my shoes and ground for other reasons. Right. But this is a part of my daily habit. One of the things that brings us unconditional happiness, but correct me if I'm wrong, because I might've misfollowed your story. You talked about the three things that your teacher taught you. That's serotonin. No, that's Oh, oh, that's only one. Amazing. We've got more jewels. Yeah. Two more. Okay. Okay. This came from a a different teacher. Okay. This is from Ayurvedic medicine. Ayurveda is the medicine of India. This is such an amazingly simple prescription. (laughs) It's about what time you go to sleep. Mm. So the hours of sleep that are the most potent for replenishing our bodies are between 10 p.m. and midnight. Every hour of sleep before midnight is worth twice as much as after midnight. Wow. So here's the tip. Go to sleep three nights in a row by 10 Mm o'clock and tell me how you feel on the fourth morning. Oh, yeah. You feel like a different person. Yep. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, but I'm a night owl. Just try it. Just use your life as an experiment and see what happens. Why not? If we are going for unconditional happiness and we can control this by modifying just a few habits. Yeah. Right. Like this is the gateway to the miracle. I mean, this is it right here. Okay. I love that. And I've also heard that before midnight is when you get the deep rejuvenating sleep, right? If you're going to get it, it's going to come before midnight, no matter where you are in the world. That's right. Okay. I wear the aura ring. So it it tracks all of that for me. Oh, great. And I always find that the deep sleep comes before midnight. And when I'm in bed by 10, 10 30, I wake up so refreshed, so revitalized. So I love this because I didn't even know some of these things, but I'm not surprised because this is why we're soul sisters. Okay. Number three. Well, uh, you know, number three is just the simple one. I, but I have to mention it because it's such a big one for, for so many people. And that's exercise. Oh gosh. Just, I just know. get out there and do something. Just get the endorphins going. You know no. what though? We say it's so simple and we say it's the most obvious, but why in the world do us humans want to not do the obvious? We want the more complex. Give me quantum physics. Give me, and it's like, take it back to the basics, y'all. This is where the transformation happens. It, right? It really is. And find Move your buddy body and make it fun. Yeah. That's the thing. If you don't want to do it, just make it fun. Call up a friend, go walk, go for a hike in nature. Just do something that you enjoy. If you're going to hate it, you're not going to do it. So find something, whatever it is, that's your thing. Like my thing is hiking. My thing is dance. My thing is swimming. So just do it a little bit. Wait, hold on. The dancing part, I have to know. Okay, so the hiking, swimming, I totally get. But what's with the dancing? Where do you do it? Zumba. I'm a Zumba girl. Oh, how fun. Yeah, yeah. 
How fun. Well, wow. lately, for the last like, couple of months, I've been doing like ecstatic dance oh, yeah. in my living room. It's part of my morning routine. I mean, just moving my body a little, especially my hips with like, I love plant medicine music, like Nessie Gomes. I'll, I'll yeah. just get her on. And I'm just like, I get into a trance. It lasts only about five minutes, but it sets the tone for my vibration to be elevated. And then of course, that's how I move through the world for the rest of the day. When I remember to do that, it's a gift. Yeah. And doing it first thing in the morning sets the energy of the day. And that's also the best time to exercise because it gets the metabolism going for the rest of the day and all that. So, so yeah, good. we just need to have little online dance parties. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Um, but are you experiencing people using COVID? Let's just say, and I listen, I don't have to say it again, but I'm going to just because we have a lot of new people to the show. I'm not bypassing the devastation and deaths yes. and just a lot of pain. My own father had COVID and nearly passed, right? And thank goodness he's okay. And my heart goes out to anyone who doesn't have that same story and outcome. That said, it seems to me, because I know I'll take radical responsibility for this. I let the lockdown, the quarantine, the fear. I mean, I did unplug completely from the news like well over a year ago and I haven't turned it on since, but I let it be a big permission slip to indulge and to eat my feelings, right? And so are you finding that this conversation now is more potent than ever, right? Of how to tap back into our innate happiness or what we can create. And I don't know, it just feels like there's a lot of resistance, a lot of like excuses going on. Yeah. Well, I think, the you know, and as we're coming out and everything's opening up now, yes. I think the way to look at this is what was the reset button that we needed to reset for yes. ourselves? Yes. And I found there were three main places where people needed to reset during COVID and they rhyme. I love rhymes. Yeah. And they are um, space, pace, and interface. Oh my so God. this is what I yes. found. Let me start with pace. Okay. Well, I'll start with space. <laughs> people really, really went wild on, uh, you know, a lot of people on redoing their inner, their space. They were spending more time in their home. Space matters. I completely remodeled my home. Well, yep. and don't you love that? Yes. I, mean, I wouldn't, I was too busy before. I did the same thing. And I think that's so great. Yeah. If you didn't do it, there's a little feng shui. Feng shui is the art of placement. It's a little yeah. exercise to do. Get rid of 27 items a day for nine days. Oh, that's good. 27 items a day for nine days in a row. Yeah. You'll feel like a different person and miracles will start flowing into your life. There you go. Right. Letting you got to let go to let in. Oh, I that's love right. this. So space is one thing. Pace. Before COVID, I was going at an unsustainable pace. And I had been for the last 40 three years of my career, really. Yes, yes, and, yes. Um, that seems and impossible. It, you look, you're 29 years old. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> I've been doing this for 43 years. Wow. This work. So I actually just really found I needed to reset the pace of my life. One of my teachers is a woman named Angelus Arian. Mm. And she's since passed, but she mm. said the pace of nature was medium to slow. Mm. Medium to slow. Yeah. Medium to slow. I hadn't known medium to slow in my life. <laughs> and I'm starting to get in that pace. Mm. And as I get more in that pace, I feel more fabulous and grounded. Yes. And then interface has to do with our connections with each other. And, and, you know, who do we really most want in our life? We've already talked about that. So I suggest that people look at what was the biggest lesson that I was mm. to learn from this and how can I bring that into my life moving forward? And I love how you just encapsulated it and gave us like three, like, like the truth triangle, right? It's probably something to do with each one of those space, yeah. 
pace or interface. Because as you spoke, I'm like, yeah, I resonate completely. Like that was me. And, and, and so many people that I've spoken to share the same. Now, of course, less in our world, because we live in a bubble that we've created as our reality. But I do see like my dog walker or certain people that I know in the extended community, like still just riddled with fear, right? And just really want to tell you about all the horror stories and the panics and the anxiety of the past year and several months. But that's a small minority. But yet that's in our reality, right? I'll speak for you if I can. The bigger picture is that that represents most of the world, which is why our work must never end. I have to tell you, I, I agree completely. I, and what I've seen, which is good news to me, you know, I teach this program called Your Year of Miracles. It's a year-long program on living a miraculous life. Mm. And it starts every January. And this year in January of 2021, we I thought, oh, well, you know, COVID, people are affected by things and, you know, we our registrations might go down. We were up by 70%, seven zero. Wow. We have well over 5,000 people from seven countries in this program. (laughs) And what I found is people are saying, okay, now is the time. I have got to start living the life that I am here to live. That's it. It's time. This was just that opportunity to go, I am ready. Let me add it. Let me do this. I love that you share that story because how long, I think I know how long you've been teaching that program since 2013. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so that's pretty remarkable, right? When you're like, oh, seven, eight years, I've been already doing it. What's going to happen? A lot of people did prepare for like a massive pivot. Like, you know, if registration goes down, it'll be okay. We still believe in the program. I know you have, according to your website, over 4,000 miraculous testimonials, right? Like what? Like people are really getting their miracles in every realm of life. And so that's remarkable. And I'm not surprised that you have a 70% increase because I do think for those that have decided to wake up, which is a lot of people listening to this show, probably everyone, or they wouldn't be into this show or into you, right? Following you. It's like, this is it. It's now or never. The time is now. This is it. Dress rehearsal, guys. That's not what this life is about. If COVID taught us anything, life is precious. It flies by, right? So seize the moment and really own your spiritual gifts and step into the miracles awaiting you. Yeah. And and not only that, this is the best time. I mean, it, it looks like, oh my God, look what we've been through. We were born for this time. This is why we incarnated was for this massive transformation that is hitting this planet. Mm -hmm. It's the raising of consciousness that is what our life is about. I believe anybody who's listening to this, anybody who's been drawn to this conversation, your soul brought you here because you know that that is the case and that you're part of the transformation. Couldn't have said it better. Yes. Yes. And see, and I love that you just said that because I know we have a lot of listeners that subscribe to this belief and that we consciously chose, our soul chose, not just that we're here and okay, get the popcorn. Let's just watch what's going on with the virtual show, right? No, we chose to be here. And I believe that I chose to be here as a light warrior in this time so that I can hold space as so many others around me are beginning to wake up too. not to just the propaganda and mainstream and media, but like, where is our power and ownership in really helping to be a part of lifting humanity and causing new change, which is what you've been doing for over four decades. But some of us are just beginning to wake up to our true potential. And it's so beautiful when we get to meet and connect and collaborate and unite. 
I, I love that you said that, that we are warriors of light. Yes. You know, it feels like, okay, we're having a big party on the planet, <laughs> the warriors of light. Here we've come to be this, mm. uh, to be the, the, the carriers of that and yes. to be the stand for that. Yes. And of course we have to do it in our own life first. The only way. The only way. I mean, Michelle, people often ask me, well, Marcy, you're all about living a miraculous life and being happy. And that's all great. But isn't that selfish? Mm. No. What about the world? And what I have to say is I believe this is the least selfish thing you can do. Oh, it's so healing. Because when you do, you affect everybody around you. In fact, there's a beautiful Chinese proverb that I, I don't know if you've heard this before, but I love this. It goes like this. It says, when there is light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. When there is beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. When there is harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. Mm. And when there is order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. And that's my prayer and my wish for all of us, that we know that light that we are. And through that, we help create more peace here on this planet of ours that needs it. And that, my friend, is the miracle awaiting you, that you can literally help to make a difference on the planet and help everyone feel their own miracles simply by owning your own happiness. I don't think there's any more to say in this moment. I got the chills and tears in my eyes. I am, I am fired up at this idea that it all begins from within. It's what you live for. It's what you help to cultivate in the world. This is the life of miracles. This is it. And it's not far-fetched. It's as easy as taking a breath. And it is our birthright. It is what we are here on the planet for. We are here on the planet to be happy, that unconditional, happy for no reason kind of happy. And we're mm. here to live a miraculous life. I love it. And so it freaking is. Thank you, Miss Marcy. So I know that we've got listeners. I got the chills. So I know for sure the listeners are saying, hey, where can I find her? Where can I get more? So where's the best place that they can uh, learn more about you and maybe join one of your communities? So you can go to happyfornoreason.com. And in fact, on that page, I have all 21 of the happiness habits for you as a gift to you and all the exercises to go with it. And you can also go to youryearofmiracles.com. Fantastic. So guys, I'll list both of those in the show notes. Definitely give her some love. Go say hi. Go follow her on Facebook. She's up to really big, important things now more than ever. Thank you very much for giving us your time and your full heart. I felt your presence and I'm honored by that because this felt really, really authentic. And we expect that here because it's what we cultivate, but I didn't know you yet. And I was like... And I just feel the yumminess. So thank you for all that you do to serve so many of us. Mm, thank you. <laughs> I have to tell you, I told you before, I've done thousands of interviews. You are so present. And so I was, the word I was going to use was juicy. You are alive. You are vital. You are engaged. You are here doing this work. And I can see, feel and see this is your passion. That means more to me than I can ever convey. Thank you, Miss Marcy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fire and Soul podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.